0: Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered, weak and weary, over a many quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as some gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door, tis some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, only this, and nothing more. Ah, distinctly I remember, it was the bleak December, and each separate dying ember brought, wrought its ghost upon the floor eagerly I wished the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow, from my book's surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels named Lenore, nameless, here for evermore. And the silken sand uncertain rusting of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors I've never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, tis some visitor entreating entrance to my chamber door some late visitor entreating entrance to my chamber door that is it and nothing more presently my soul grew stronger hesitating there no longer sir i said or madam truly your forgiveness i implore but the fact i was napping and so gently you came rapping so faintly you came tapping upon my chamber door that i scarce was sure i heard you here i opened the wide the open door darkness there and nothing more deep in the darkness peering long I stood there wondering fearing doubting dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before but the silence was unbroken and the stillness gave no token and the only word there spoken was a whispered Lord Lenore this I whispered and echo murmured back the word Lenore merely this and nothing more in the chamber turning all my soul within me burning soon again i heard a tapping somewhere louder than before surely i said surely this is something at my window lattice let me see then their treat is this mystery explore let my heart still a moment and this mystery explore tis the wind and nothing more open here i flung the shutter when with my hurt flirt and flutter in there stepped a, rea- a stately raven Of the stately days of yore. Not the least obsceance made he, Not a minute stopped or stayed he, But with mine of lord or lady, Perched above my chamber door, Perched upon a bust of, pal- of palace, Just above my chamber door, Perched and sat there, nothing more. Then this ebony bird, beguiling, Said a fancy into smiling, Gave the grave and stern decorum, of Captain's War, it wore through the crest at Shroan o' thou, I said, art sure no Craven, ghastly grim, and raven wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what the loudly named is on the night's Plutonian shore? Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Now that, dear people, was the first opening stanzas of Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven um i am sure that it's probably never been read so sweetly and so wonderfully as my missed bad old english reading um but i wanted to read it because it's something that uh i'm so, sure you guys all know uh, that we did the doom episode last week and i was sort of thinking retrospectively about um, doom and and this sort of stuff um and where it comes from. And and I get to see the um, the brilliant Canberra band, the uh, Witch Skull, um not the Witch Skull, Witch Skull, at a, a venue local to me. And they play a song called The Raven. That is not directly linked to the uh, poem, although Marcus, who said to me his favourite, his biggest influences were Edgar Allan Poe, Alistair Crowley and... Um, Kate Bush Which I think was amazing um, oh, and Nietzsche as well But that's a different story um, You know There's nothing Nietzsche Couldn't teach you About the raising of the wrist Right um, Anyway So That poem You know It's uh, Written back In the 1820s um, Sorry 1830s Sorry Edgar uh, and Poe Was born in 1809 In Boston And uh, A short life lived uh, Died in 1849 wrote local mag- for local magazines, inherited lots of money, equivalent to $18 million, now lost it um, very quickly, gambling issues, um, he married his cousin, he had to get a, spe- a special dispensation to marry his cousin, and he married his cousin and they were married for 11 years and she died of consumption, both like his parents, his parents both died when he was very young uh, and of consumption which is TB or tuberculosis. It's called consumption, then, um, that correct term is tuberculosis, very horrible uh, uh, lung disorder. And um, sorry, tea time, and uh, you know, I think that it's very appropriate that we talk about people like Edgar Allan Poe, um, H.P. Lovecraft, Mary Shelley, um. Uh, uh, you know uh, Byron Lord Byron um, you know um, uh, and um, people of that because um, because they the the gothic authors and poets of the uh, early um, 19th century uh, were very um, very are very influential I'm sorry Um, it's a bit late here in Canberra I've I've sort of it took me like six attempts to record that poem without going wrong and I still went wrong in certain areas Um, but um, yeah so they were very influential if uh, if you think about uh, in everything really but really very much so in in modern heavy music or rock and roll rock music in general um, if you think about the sort of the imagery that we as avid listeners of this music tend to um find ourselves wallowing in you know horror movie themes you know science fiction um the occult black magic um devil worship all that sort of stuff um and of course that's very much what the um the gothic authors were doing uh, at the turn of the century, you know, because at the 18th century, because 18th century sorry, because they um, they were sort of they were a time uh, of great rev- revolution and 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 um, in science, you know, we, you know, you've got the you know Frankenstein, Mary Mary Shelley, Orphanscraft Craft is, is writing Frankenstein because um, you know electricity. Is becoming something um, big within uh, the, the the world that she lived in, and um, you know, and there was all this concept that you know you could you should, they, it's the things you could do electricity. You know, um, when a French scientist put those two electrodes to the frog's legs, and they and they moved under the twitch because of the electricity into the muscle, um, giving that inspiration to, to Mary Shelley. Um, to write the greatest gothic horror novel of all, of all time, um, uh, it, uh, yeah, you, you sort of, um, it gave them this, if you had money, uh, although, um, you know, Poe was a poor man until he, you know, until he sort of inherited the money, then, of course, he it, it didn't have it for very long, and, you know, he died a young man, age of 40, Found um, on the side of the road in a delirious state, wearing someone else's clothing, um, and kept saying the word name Reynolds over and over. He died shortly afterwards. Um, There's no record of his birth, his death record, or his um, or medical papers. So it's quite. There's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there. Some people say he got shanghaied, which is you know you you got knocked on the head, um, taken on a boat done service on a boat and then dropped off again um, in a drunken stupor um, that was quite a common practice in and around the Boston area at the time uh, whether he would be that sort of, whether he would have got caught doing that you know I don't know whether he got um, bashed and, and done but uh, that's a different story so back to the imagery um, it's as I said we listen to all this imagery that's uh, dark and, and heavy and 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 sometimes a little bit confronting and Poe's poetry was a little bit was very confronting uh, his short story and his stories um, were extremely confronting uh, for the time um, because they were right there, there was the, um, there were themes in these books that were a little bit um, let's just say uh, Uh, the church didn't like it because you had the occult one thing you had life after death so returning of life you had um, incest Uh, incest was a big a big thing in his his stories and I don't know that's because he married his cousin uh, and there was something laid upon his consciousness that he married his cousin I mean you had to get dispensation to do it so obviously clearly it wasn't a, a legal thing then but the great, the books, he always had this way of um, his prose was always so, like that earlier when I was on uh, reading that poem, the the way his prose moved, you know, it was all that space and then you're quiet and then never more, you know, just really theatrical. Um, he wrote, the, you know, his short stories of like The Black Cat, uh, The Case of Montelado, A Descent into the Maelstrom, um, The Fact, a Case of M, Mr. M. Valdemir, the fall of the house of usher uh, mask of the red death there i mean they're all um very known to us uh, pit and, and pit and pit the pendulum um and then he did his story that, that was his book so then he did his poems the raven which i read out part of uh, the pit and the pendulum the telltale heart tambourine um the system of dr tar and um professor feather that's a very strange one that one i have to come back to that one um you know, so, so he he didn't write. You know, he wrote. Oh, murders in the Rue Morgue. Um, you know, uh, Mask of the Red Death. All these sort of things, and uh, he sort of he. I don't know. He he. There was biography. Biographers say that he came across these imageries these image images in um, in fever dreams and um, in alcohol dreams and in laudanum which was a, which was a you know um, a drug of choice then um, taken a lot by the gentry um, basically opium um, Sherlock Holmes was supposedly addicted to laudanum um, and so uh, you know it created these, these sort of surreal fever dreams very much the way that H.P. Lovecraft um, said a lot of his stuff came in his nightmares and dreams and uh, I think if you were to sort of look at someone like um, Poe now, I mean, there was—I mean, there's lots of people who said that he would probably—he probably would have been um, sectioned, uh, which is a horrible thing to say. But they, you know, he was—he was—he had—I don't—I mean, I wouldn't say mad is a horrible term. It's a term that shouldn't be used ever in modern society um, to, to, to depict someone's mental state. Anyway, all right. Um, I'm mad about something. That's fine. You, it's a frivolous throwaway thing. I'm mad about, you know, popcorn or something like that. It doesn't really matter. But when you're using it as a term uh, to depict to someone's mental state, it's probably not the right thing. Um, they were often called uh, morons. Moron is a. I remember I was, I was at school, and um, I called my mate Trevor moron, and Mr. King he really written to me. He's like, do you know what a moron is? And I just turned around smugly and said, yeah, it's Trev. And uh, he said, no, it's a Victorian word for uh, um, someone with a mental disorder. And so I've always thought then I don't use that term anymore. Oh, I haven't used it ever since, really. I find it very... So, um, anyway. I'm going off the beaten track there. So, yeah, so his rhythms and his textures uh, and and, and the, these Gothic authors um, are a brilliant... Um, Inspiration for modern music when you are looking for something to find that that matches the density and and textures of of the music you are making, and uh, it also is a sign of sort of intelligence. I think when people, you know, bands, singers, and they they sort of use um, literary uh, writing. Sorry, literary. That's double. Use lit uh, a. Works of literature to to lyric feel the lyric on their songs. I mean, um, the classic one is "I Maiden's Roman the Ancient Mariner." Um, you know, Samuel Coler-Tayloridge. I've already told you that um, Samuel Taylor Coleridge. I've already said that um, before on this podcast. It's the, it's the greatest song ever written. Uh, I would stand in my corner and fight anyone otherwise who wants to say so, because it's it not only does it take a very long and very uh tenuous poem um that that can be sort of construed as as nonsense almost and turns it into a piece of um high art rhythmically sonically and uh, you know just everything you know um i think other authors that bands that bands often tend to um gravitate towards are things like uh you know like um I've, I've, uh, Roald Dahl is one. He's, he has. I've heard bands do Roll doll stuff, but um, I'm thinking of, um, uh, you know, Alice in Wonderland, Lewis Carroll. You know, because his his nonsensical writing um, is perfectly open for a musical interpretations. Um, you know, I know that Stephen Harris is uh, said that he a lot of his work is based a lot around um the wasteland uh, a poem a poem called the wasteland um which is a modernist poem um but a very long long i remember doing it at school um uh, t.s Eliot's the wasteland yeah um it's uh it's one of those things that uh, it's 64 pages long you know it's an interesting piece of work that one but then there's also, you know, um, people write music based on Omar Khayyam's the Rubaiyat, you know, which is 15th century, I believe. You know, um, biblical. I mean, Genesis did a whole album based on the Bible. I mean, I'm sure there are bands out there that have done it, you know, Torah and uh, uh, and and the Quran. Um, You know, where many bands do it on horror movies, they, you know, uh, also do it this way. So, what I'm trying to get at is that uh, I think that um, there's such a beautiful untapped um, uh, vein of uh, of musical chances and opportunities within these dusty pages of books like by Poe and by lovecraft and by elliot and all these people um and, and i think we i would love to see more people be more brave and go and do that it, it, it used to be sort of the the um the purview of uh, of you know big bearded long-haired bespectacled um uh proggies you know in denim tight denim jeans or Cordroy just come out from the you know the geology department of, of the university that kind of thing uh, i don't think that you know what my brother's call the monty python crowd um uh, i don't think that's true anymore because um we are more informed as a, as a as a as a species as a nation as a as a people and we we're more seeking differences um and I think that, again, you know, uh, some of the, my favourite songs ever written have been based around um, either historical characters or um, fictional characters from um, texts from a long time ago. So, anyway, that's me blabbering on. I really hope you enjoyed the poem, but uh, I didn't finish it because I thought you guys should listen to it and plus it will take the whole show up. Um, I'm going to go and get a fresh cup of tea because I'm getting a bit dry. I have my fourth covid jab today and i'm feeling really achy and sore um i did also get just received my new subwoofer for my speakers um i stupidly um ordered a poly cone subwoofer and the other speaker is a paper cone subwoofer if it's an old one and so i'm getting an imbalance in sound so i'm going to, have to go and get another one of those cone ones um it will sound amazing when it's, it still sounds good but it just sounds a little bit imbalanced left to right across the speakers um, anyway that's me rambling on about my speaker system um, I did pick up I don't know if I told you picked up these two beautiful 1979 Marantz cabinets but the, the, all the speakers were gone um, I just got the cabinets I took out all the speakers replaced them with really good ones a um, bit at a time because they're quite expensive um, and I also just got just one or two just to make sure it'd work you know uh, and it does, it sounds amazing they're like 3 feet high they're like huge things, they're really good they make, no, yeah, say even 4 feet high and they're really big pieces big units when I saw them on, um, up for grabs for free from someone down the road I went to pick them up thinking they'd be tiny took up the boot and the back seat of the car so um, they're decent decent sized speakers and they're really fair out of tune as well um, anyway, that's me so I'm going to come back on and have a cup of tea. I'll come back on the other side and we'll have a chat about um, music that has been inspired by Poe and other bands and other authors. I'm mainly Poe, though, because a lot I've been looking at recently. Um, anyway, as I said, never more. See you on the other side, guys. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile oh. can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... Welcome back guys, I've uh, got a fresh tea, taking some Panadol because I'm aching, and um, just sort of mooched around and listened to a bit more of uh, some Edgar and Poe short stories. Now, so we'll talk about Poe and his influence on heavy metal. I, how I came about Poe, if I'll just give you a bit of a side story. Um, when we were kids, um, we used to go on a street outing to the coast. Now, in the UK in the 70s and early 80s, that's what we did. We poor, raggy ass kids, we'd all get, mum and dads would all get together and in all down the street. And one lady would go and hire a, uh, a coach, it was called a Sharabang. And we'd all get on the Sharabang and we'd drive to the local seaside town. So it was either Margate, Blackpool, Brighton, Blackpool for the illuminations, Christmas, but we'd go to Brighton, Ramsgate, Margate, Southend. Um, piece of that right um, and uh, it was like it was a big day trip out and you know from where we were I mean it, it felt like forever but it was probably only about two hour coach drive but we'd always stop an hour in for all the, all the dads to go and get a beer so we'd be an hour out and they'd stop at the local pub and have a beer we'd sit on the coach in crisps but my brother used to um, he'd go to the library and get like tapes and um to listen to for us uh, because he had one of those Walkmans where you could put two headphones in one of the first original Walkmans and um, we were listening to first we were listening to um, the unabridged version of I remember one trip was the unabridged version of Lord of the Rings it was brilliant I remember Gollum really scaring me as a kid Um, but was it The Hobbit that was The Hobbit and then and then he got these tapes and they were the they were that now I don't know who I've been trying to research who it was but there were it's a blue cassette cover, a picture of Edgar Allan Poe on the front, and the pendulum for Pitting the Pendulum, and it was this really eerie. I think he was an American accent, but I can't tell. Very deep, dark voice, and he was he read out the poems and the short stories and stories of Edgar Allan Poe, the tales of mystery and imagination, and scared the shit out of me i'm so glad i was on a coach in the daylight i remember like not being able to listen to them and he was really into it and he'd listen to it and then you know we'd get home and, and then he'd come up stairs and you know I, I um and he'd he come into my bedroom but we actually shared a bedroom i should say and he put on the, the stereo to listen to something and it was and he put that on I don't, and he put the lights out and I, I remember I, I was shivering and shaking with fear um, because it was so so dark and gothic and and it was so eerie in his voice. And I, I later in life I got a copy of it, uh, a different version with um, Christopher Lee reading it. And you can get that on uh, YouTube now. It's not quite the same. I love Christopher Lee, but it's not quite the same, you know it doesn't it didn't have that voice so, so anyone out there who knows what i'm talking about uh, it was over late 70s it was probably these cassettes are from the late 70s i think they had lots of sound effects on them i remember because my brother had the bbc sound effects library vinyl it was colored vinyl it was red red and it had like the sound of the hu- the fly the human fly being crushed and guillotine and someone being hung and screams and werewolves it was weird i mean like, just really weird but and he would play that as well he was a strange old chap um that aside, so yeah, if anyone knows what it is please contact me at Heavy Metal Tones Facebook page, my my messenger, just messenger me. I'd love to know because then I can get myself, a copy, get myself a copy of it. But so in in um, in modern um, terms, Poe has been represented in lots of things. So music, yes, film. A lot with uh, Roger Corman. Roger Corman is like the premier uh, low budget film. Uh, producer and director from the sixties did all of the Edgar Allan Poe movies: Pit of the Pendulum*, *Mask of the Red Death*, *Fall of the House of Usher*, um, uh, *Black Cat*. He did, he did them, he did them all, right? Um, I saw *The Black Cat* on a double bill with *Cat People*, which interesting uh, evening that was. But anyway, um, yeah, so he made these bright, technicolored. Um, Movies with, with Vincent Price, you know. I mean, Vincent Price was like a hero of ours as a kid. Like, he was the horror icon. It was Vincent Price, Christopher Lee, and Peter Cushing. And that was it, right? And I remember one of my earliest memories of seeing Vincent Price as he did an advert for Hayward's Pickles, where he was in a jar dressed as a devil. And he gets out the jar and he goes, Hayward's Pickles are deliv- del- a devilishly pickly. And I remember thinking to God, he must have. Years later, and I said he must have turned to his agent and gone, Listen, I mean, what? I've just made Dr. Fives. I mean, brilliant movies, by the way. I've just made the Dr. Fives movies. I've just made Theatre of Blood, which is a brilliant movie. Oh, I'm doing an advert for Pickles now, am I? You know, it's just, I don't one of those things, eh? You can also get those adverts on YouTube, they're hilarious. Um, anyway, that aside, so. So it's been in sort of the modern media for some time, uh, through film and television and audio. But bands have started... I I think the very first... I I won't say the very first one, because I could be wrong. But for me, the first iteration of a a Poe adaptation... Of course, that quickly, iteration, adaptation. Bloody hell. Um, It was uh, um, the Alan Parson Project Tales of mystery and imagination which is uh, an album i have on cassette original release and and reissue it's not quite proggy but it is quite proggy it has disco it has real it has really experimental keyboard because it's got some leslie keyboard it's got a bit of moog a little bit of hammond it's got um you know that i don't know the effects that was the one that frampton used where he he sings through the tube, and he uses the pedal and plays the guitar. That they use that a lot um, on the single on the Raven, and on the single from the album, which was the um, uh, the Strange Case. Uh, sorry, the um, Doctor, Doctor Tar and Professor Feather, um, and it's quite interesting because the first um, the first side of the album is. Um, is the is comes at is all these short stories, like right? with lead with like um with some interesting uh, cameos. We've got the Arthur Brown from the crazy world. of Arthur Brown, he does he he's on 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 one of them. Um, you've got in the reissue, you've got Orson Wells, which is an amazing thing to have. Again, I remember Orson Wells as a child selling um Carlsberg Lager and, uh, and Hamlet cigars. Um, anyway, so you've got the Raven, uh, Dream Within a Dream, Telltale Heart, the Kaiser Montalado, and Dr. Tar and Professor Feather. Then on the B side, you've got the Fall of the House of Usher suite, which is like where you get the spoken word from um, from Alan and from um, Awesome Wells. And the, the amazing thing about um, the amazing thing about that suite is it's extremely uh, extremely uh, engaging. It's very atmospheric. It's actually one of my favourite pieces, my favourite B sides of an album ever. Is that particular B side? It's it it's it's such a a great way of telling the story of the fall of the House of Usher, which is a story of Again, it's pose, incest, um, lost love, lost money, um, uh, you know, uh, tragedy, death, sorrow, all seen from the eyes of a stranger. Right, um, and that's where I first I first came across it. I, I highly recommend you guys, you know, grabbing uh, uh, a copy of it. You don't have to buy it, but you know, grab it. Go onto YouTube or. Spotify, or iTunes, or whatever you use, and, and have a listen because, like, it's is the, the, the single that came off it, which is Dr. Tarr and Professor Feather, is so disco, it's ridiculous. I, I don't even really know what the story is about. The song doesn't tell you. I have really, I haven't got an idea. I think they're all stone when they did it. I mean, Alan Partridge. So, Alan Partridge. God. Oh, my God, Alan Partridge. Aha, uh-huh. no, it's not Alan Partridge. Alan Partridge. Project that'd be funny, wouldn't it? No, um, Alan Parsons—he so he did the sound. He did help to sort of produce a um, lot of Pink Floyd stuff. I think Dark Side of the Moon helped do that. He's also in in with the Beatles a lot. Um, if you watch that six-hour documentary on the on Apple TV, he's on. You see him in the background working on that. So he's he's like a real sound guy. So that's why he's very innovative with the the sounds he was using on this particular album. That's what makes it so interesting. It's it's almost you can feel it's the birth of uh, of uh, of the electronic age coming through this album uh, and and it was quite brave because you know we're um, bands release an album now and a year later they've got another album they're doing something else they're doing somewhere else back then if you released an album you toured it for five six seven years sometimes you know it's, it was part of your life for a good long time and 76 when it was released you know it came into the punk era when you know punk was destroying everything that they were that, that someone like Alan pa- uh, Parsons um, Represented. I saw Alan Parsons live with Fish, the ex Meridian singer, one of my heroes, um, uh, at a tribute for well, their road manager that was not well at a time, and it was a really crazy. I saw them play um, uh, the Raven live. It was just blue, was amazing. Anyway, that was a Hammer Odian I got the ticket by a sheer accident. I didn't even know the gig was on. Um, I'm flicking through Time Out magazine, which was like a magazine back in the UK when I was there. Um, that told you what was on, and there it was. It was like, oh my god! It was that like ten quid? Um, I, I actually, you punked top work early. I told him I wasn't feeling well, so I could get across town to get there early to get a ticket. Anyway, doesn't matter. The place doesn't exist anymore. It, that 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 business went out business ages ago. Um, anyway so then moving where we're moving forward moving from forward from say like Alan, you know Alan Parsons and then you move on to um, so sort of skip forward quite some time and you've got your uh, extreme bands taking up all these um, dark and terrifying stories the rave in particular you know has been uh, performed by one of my favorite black metal bands in all the world which is Rotting Christ now they, that sounds worse than they actually are they're not they're, they're a, a brilliant excuse me a brilliant um, band from Greece um, and they just they their version of The Raven I it's it's stunning it, it it's stunning I I had I said it on to friends of mine who aren't even into heavy metal I said listen to this amazing Version of the Raven, and you know, it's a great balance of prog and extreme metal, and aggression, and poetry, and poise, and balance, and tone. It's beautiful, um, it really is. And then, of course, um, you've got uh, the as I said going full circle, my friend's band Witch Skull um, have done the Raven, <coughs> not lyrically as connected to the Raven uh, and, 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 and as sort of um, word for word as a lot of the other, the, these other bands have done but it's influenced by Poe's Raven and what it means so I think with the Witch Skull song it's more about the, the a man who's so deeply sad for the loss of his love that he's hearing and seeing things that aren't there and um, wanting to see and hear things that aren't there uh, and to see them again, uh, and I know that fact. I mean, I lost my mum, um, and all of us have been touched with death somewhere, haven't we? But we lose someone we love. You do desperately. You, you see them in the shadows. You hear them in the whisper of the wind. You feel them on the uh, a, a, a touch of your shoulder. You turn around and they're not there. And, um, and and I think it's partly it is them being there. I believe that, and partly it's that your your psyche so desperately not wanting to, them to be gone. And I think that sort of comes across very well in Witch goals Raven, uh, particularly that that sense of wanting them to come back. Uh, and, and then of recently off the uh, new Witch, Witchery album, they've just done uh, The Descent Into the Maelstrom uh, as a single, uh, which is a, sort of based on a, a, a rec, uh a, a sort of tragic sea voyage, and of course, um, and the madness of the of the crew, and that again is also a, a great um, piece of uh, of proggy metal because it's sort of it does bring you in. You feel the the anxiety and the the the, the madness, and I meant that when I said before about madness, a genuine madness. The the um, the fever madness of the crew going crazy and one of them all dying one by one um in this this treacherous and, and violent sea um it's also maelstrom is also i think poe was also using as an allegory for um his own mental state um because i think he was also issues with imbalance in his in his mental um equilibrium uh, and um you know, so that that's that's only recent. It just came out recently. It's off the new Night Night Wish and Nightmare album. Night, one of those ones. It's a it's a brilliant, brilliant, um, single. You can get it on YouTube now. It, it's really worth watch uh, watching and listening to. I've only come. I've only mentioned a couple uh, um, Poe songs that, that touch me. I'm sure there's lots out there. I know that Annihilator have done one. I know that Symphony X have done one. Um, you know. All of these sort of uh, somewhere down the track, one of you will know a band who has done something by Poe or by Lovecraft. Or, in fact, loads of bands have done stuff by Lovecraft because um, he's sort of easier to. A, he's got more work to work from. B, he's he's more he's, he's a sort of easier prose to delve into. It's it's slightly more modern because it's it's you know it's only a hundred years ago you know it's not like it's a um, hundred or so years ago it's not two hundred years ago so it's a bit it's a bit more uh, uh, easy for modern writers to to, to understand um, you know with Metallica doing you know um, Call of Cthulhu and things like that you know uh, it it's, uh this again whole 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 industry of movies and music and and and, and books based on Lovecraft, same as this with with um, Edgar and Poe, but I think Edgar and Poe has a more sorrowful uh, p- prose and a more uh, a more deeply sad and um, an interesting uh, life, which in which he which he, he sort of crams into his every line of his work, uh, and so I think he's I think he's one of the greatest authors. Uh, of them all, um, it, it, in, in respect, you know, to to for the short period that he was working for what he wrote uh, is and for and, and how he wrote and when he wrote, it was very daring. So, and I think it's daring for musicians now as well to to write pieces of music and insert you know his poetry and his writing in those into that imagery because you, it's it's something that can be very personal it's just something people could look at it and go oh, it's so snobby and they can walk away from it like people do with prog They roll their eyes but um, really deep down I mean it, it's just about personal taste isn't it anyway I've rabbited on long enough I really have I would like you to only because I'm feeling really achy so if I felt like I was wandering away this week uh, every now and again it's just that the jab just has made me kind of a bit uh, um, there's just so much music coming up so much uh, so much live music, I just don't want to miss it. Um, you know, so I just want to be ahead of the game, ahead of the curve. Um, I hope you guys stay safe. Um, do please do try and have a listen to Tales of Mystery Imagination from, from the Alan Parsons Project. Look, it might not be your thing, but if you've listened to this show long enough, you might understand that sometimes this stuff is worth having a dig at, you know, having a tr- dig into and trying. Certainly do listen to Rotten Christ the Raven. It's it's brilliant. And I urge you around the world people, listen to Witch Skulls the Raven, and in fact listen to all of their stuff. Three albums in, fourth one on the way, best doom band on the planet as we speak. No No biffs of buts, right? They truly are. You know, collectively they're in there like probably hundred and ten years old. They're older guys. Piece and you know what, live they'll rip your they'll melt your face. Um, I have such a bad bangover, huh? my neck is absolutely screwed. From Led Zeppelin, the world's best female, in fact, the world's best Led Zeppelin cover band, period. And um, you know, Witch Skull was just like, oh, three days apart, really felt it. Um, I couldn't just stand there and nod. It, I, I, it's not in my DNA I had to get in and be part of the crowd in fact it was interesting S- someone grabbed my jacket uh, my battle jacket and I was at the front and he's pulling down on my jacket and falling backwards and I just looked over my shoulder and I, and I looked over and I stared him down the barrel of his eyes and I said you touch my jacket again mate and you in." and I, I won't swear but I said some things and then he looked at me he was one of those sort of like part timers you know and he looked up and he you could see that He'd crossed the. He'd, he'd uh, as the python said, he'd, um, he'd transgressed the unwritten law. Uh, don't touch my jacket. And he, uh, well, you touch it, just don't pull, trying to pull the bloody thing off. And um, he, he he sort of scampered off after that. It was quite interesting. Um, it was really good because I got to take uh, my nephew for the first time to his goal and my daughter's boyfriend for the first time to school. And I think they're converts. I think they loved it. Um, so. Their next one's in November at the Transit Bar, which is in the centre of Canberra. Um, they will be touring. I'm sure when the, when the world gets a bit better, um, when the new album comes out, they'll tour internationally. They toured the UK and the US before, um, so let's hope that they, they do get out to other provinces and you can get to see them because they are brilliant. You can just YouTube them again. All this stuff is on, all the streaming medias. Um, it's quite hard to get their vinyl if you want that. I, I've got it. but it, it sort of sells out quite quickly um but yeah anyway that's enough from me have a good night turn the lights off low or turn the lights down low or turn the lights off put on some Edgar Allan Poe on on YouTube or wherever you can get it and lay there and let you see how long you last um anyway bye guys